Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate Every single week, I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. And I know I usually introduce what's coming up in the episode in order of what's coming up in the episode, but right, I'm right. so excited about today's guest complainer that I'm breaking the format. <gasps> what? You're breaking the what? Shut You're the- up, Barry. There it is. Oh, honey, this week's vent sesh is between two gorgeous winners, two Midwesterners who snatch the hearts of viewers around the country, nay, the world. Those two people are People's Choice Award winner Matt Bellisai and the reigning queen of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 3, Trixie Mattel. We got her. We got her. And you can pry my People's Choice Award from my cold, dead hands, okay? Because I'm the winner here. We are going to leave the studio and head to Trixie's hotel room for an interview and a game while she puts her face on before heading to a taping of Watch What Happens Live because she's better than us. We'll get to all that later on in the episode, but first we got your recommended weekly dose of Worst Things First where I yell a bunch of weird news at you and then a deep dive this week inspired by our guest. We are diving deep into the Midwest, the hellish middle of America. And then Trixie's on the show, so let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Here's a bunch of news stories to haunt you in your sleep. First, Costco, the beloved mega wholesaler, is selling 
a doomsday kit for only $6,000 a piece. Finally. So it feeds a family of four. It comes with like 36,000 servings of grains, fruits, vegetables, proteins, dairy products, and more. I spend an, an inordinate amount of time thinking about how quickly I will die in the apocalypse. It's called depression. <laughs> <laughs> Great. My favorite part about this story is that they say everything will be shipped discreetly in two unsuspecting six foot tall stacks of boxes <laughs> so that nobody raids your supplies. Um, oh, they got another mattress. <laughs> Probably got guests coming over. <laughs> oh. oh, it's just another one of my six foot tall boxes that came <laughs> to my apartment. Also, who the fuck has room for a two six foot tall boxes in their apartment? Not me. I guess if you're preparing for the apocalypse, you're probably not inviting a lot of guests over. And but... you're probably building like a shelter with six foot high ceilings underground. Right. I don't need all that much for my doomsday shelter. Just cages to keep my men in. Next! <laughs> Authorities in Wisconsin are on the hunt for a serial toilet clogger who has been causing thousands of dollars in damages in one unsuspecting toilet. I think I need to call the police with an anonymous tip. <laughs> that anonymous tip is it's Matt Bellasai and he's sitting right here. So basically, there's a uh, woman's bathroom at a community center in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sheboygan. Sheboygan! <laughs> Apparently, unfortunately for everybody out there, um, hoping this was a better story than it actually is, it's not poop that is at play here. It is a 20-ounce bottle of soda that the person determinedly <laughs> keeps shoving down a toilet and waiting until it overflows. <laughs> Which makes what? it better and worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, okay, if I work at the community center, I would rather unclog a toilet with a soda bottle in it, pop, obviously. Right, 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 right. Then a big load of shit. But also, it, like, someone is actively going into this toilet <laughs> and fucking shoving a soda bottle down it until it overflows. Do you think she's going to, like, get to the Chamber of Secrets? Like, she? It's in the women's bathroom. Or maybe wow. that's a front. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Sheboygan is already an overflowing toilet of a city. So, Next! Blue Ivy Knowles, because I refuse to call her anything else, bid tens of thousands of dollars at an art auction and fucking won. Yeah, what are you doing, you piece of shit? Literally nothing. I'll never, ever be her. Anything close to her. She's better than you. She's better than all of us. Miss Tina Knowles, uh, matriarch of the Beyonce clan, threw an art gala and during the live auction, Blue started raising her paddle, effectively bidding on the art, and got into a bidding war with Tyler Perry <laughs> over a acrylic painting of a young Sidney Poitier. Oh, I wish it were like a unicorn. <laughs> I like how the story says that Star Jones, who was the MC, explained it by being like, uh, clearly Beyonce and Jay-Z have taught Blue the importance of buying art by black artists. And it's like, I'm pretty sure she's just a little girl who likes raising a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> and also money. Tyler Perry ended up winning the acrylic painting of a young Sidney Poitier, but Blue Ivy won... She bid $10,000 and won a 36-inch by 36-inch piece of art composed of deconstructed law books from Indiana and medical books from California. 
So good for her, I guess. She knows she's not going to need to go to law school to be a lawyer. She'll just soak (laughs) in the knowledge from the art. She can legally blonde whatever she wants to do. Moving along, our final story was brought to my attention by listener who tagged me uh, on Instagram. This is the craziest story. Might be a winner (gasps) in Worst Things First uh, history. Two men in Florida. Only in Florida. One of them, dressed in a bull costume, (laughs) broke into the home of one of their ex-boyfriends to steal a flat-screen TV and then tried to burn down the house (laughs) with ragu. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Walk me through this step by step. (laughs) To make it look like an accident. Um, Okay, here's what happened. These two guys, one of them, his ex-boyfriend, has wronged him in some way. Clearly. They decide they're going to break into his house in the middle of the night. The ex-boyfriend has a camera set up and notices that a towel has been put in front of the camera. Mm. And so he calls the police. The police show up and find that there is a burning pot of spaghetti sauce, ragu, mm. because they found a jar, an empty jar of ragu, with a washcloth intentionally set on the burner. <gasps> allegedly intentionally set on the burner. And they've decided that the plan was steal the TV and then try to fake that the pot of spaghetti started on fire and that they burned down the house. Where does the bull costume come into Oh, this? he was just in a bull costume. Oh, okay. Because it's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have like I don't know, three scare off the alligators on the way to commit <laughs> your crime. My favorite thing, though, is that the, the ex-boyfriend, the guy whose house it was, said he was trying to make it look like I left the stove on, but who gets up at 2 a.m. and fixes Skeddy? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I like how this was an official interview and he <laughs> referred to it as Skeddy. <laughs> Second of all, who among us has not gotten up at 2 a.m. to fix themselves some Skeddy? Gotta have some Skeddy no matter the yeah. time. Yeah, fuck you, you pretentious piece of shit. Just because you have never gotten up at 2 a.m. to fix yourself a plate of Skeddy doesn't mean that I, (laughs) a piece of shit, has not. And that's it for Worst Things First. Next, we're going to fly straight to the flyover states of the Midwest in our deep dive. Bags. Pop. Portillo's. Chili spaghetti. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. So last week I had the distinct pleasure of being forced to drive in the state of Indiana because I had to perform at a show at a college in the middle of fucking nowhere. Literally, I had to fly into Cincinnati and then drive for an hour and a half through fields of cows and wheat stalks to get to this place. Speaking of which... Uh, Cincinnati is home of Skyline Chili, which I have talked about before. But a couple weeks ago, they had a special St. Patrick's Day edition that was green spaghetti with chili, poopy chili on top. (laughs) And it literally looked like someone put a leprechaun in a blender and then meat grinded it out. Oh, no. (laughs) It was disgusting. 
So this is what I'm talking about, all right? The Midwest is an abomination. And I will say, I am from the Midwest. I'm an Illinois boy, okay? I'm a corn-fed queen who eats deep dish from Giordano's and bee sandwiches from Portillo's, okay? Which, by the way, is home of the chocolate cake shake. Incredible. If you're unfamiliar, the chocolate cake shake, I might have talked about this on the show before. It's possible, but let's talk about it again. They cut an entire slice of chocolate cake yes, and then they do. put it in a chocolate milkshake. Yes, and they do. blend the entire mm-hmm. piece of chocolate cake into the chocolate milkshake. It's So incredible. not only are you drinking a shake, but you're ingesting the blended bits of an entire piece of chocolate cake. Oof. It is incredible. It's so good. But if you have more than two sips in a row, fucking Wilford Brimley shows up to give you free medical testing supplies because let's face it, you got diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. <laughs> so on that note, let's talk about the worst things about the Midwest, that lovely, unlovely collection of states in the middle mash of the country. So here we go. The worst things about the Midwest. First of all, fuck football, okay? I refuse to believe that just because your town has nothing better to do, you have to care about fucking high school football or the fucking Bears versus the Packers. I don't give a shit. I do like the ones that have the cheese on their head. That's the Packers. That's the Packers. <sighs> Which I only like it because I like cheese. I know, me too. And bears. <laughs> I don't give a pigskin fuck about football, okay? The only part of football that I like is getting drunk outside at 8 in the morning. Stumbling home and discovering, oh, everybody's out drinking at, at, outside of their cars. Actually, no. Fuck tailgating. I don't like that either. It's parking lot barbecue. No. No! Honestly, the Midwest is just one big parking lot. So where else are you going to make barbecue? In your kitchen, you piece of shit. (laughs) Next, everything in the Midwest is corn, okay? Even the games are corn theme. True. Cornhole. No, everywhere else calls it beanbag toss, but we had to go and name it. Do they? Yes. Really? No. The Midwest (laughs) had to go and name it after something that sounds like a gay porn star's butthole. (laughs) cornhole. <laughs> I will say, though, fuck people who who shit on corn-fed boys. No. This may be an insight into my taste in men, but give me a basic corndog-throated Midwestern boy in a plaid shirt and jeans, and I will take it any day. I will put him to work. The problem is that when you're a young gay child in the Midwest, the only sex symbols we have are Abercrombie models oh, and the underwear packages at Target. <laughs> Next! Everything in the Midwest is covered in ranch dressing and mayonnaise. I don't see how that's a problem. You can't walk anywhere without everything being lubed up with mayonnaise and ranch dressing. It's really good. Also, cheese and beer. Congrats! Your stomach is just a constant battle between violent constipation and violent diarrhea. There's no good end to that. There's no good end. If the nuclear apocalypse happened, don't ask me why I'm obsessed with it this week. People from the Midwest will be the most delicious. We'll have (laughs) the finest marbling. I love, I was talking to my mom once about the stereotype that everything in the Midwest is mayonnaise based. And she, she refused to believe that stereotype, even though one of her signature dishes is a broccoli casserole that calls for one entire jar of mayonnaise. Oh my God. It's like, we're basically eating mayonnaise by the spoonful, and you have the audacity 
to question that stereotype. You know, mayonnaise is just like whipped eggs. Yes. That's disgusting. I don't get why people think it's so gross. They eat eggs in every other way. Yeah, I don't like that the Midwest is just one big river of mayonnaise, but... Mayonnaise is good. Mayonnaise is delicious. My least favorite thing is when people are like, ugh, mayonnaise is disgusting. And then they're like, can I have a side of garlic aioli with my French fries? I'm like, you know that that's fucking mayonnaise. Just it's in mayonnaise French. that will ward off a gay vampire. Yeah. You homophobic piece of shit. Amen. Next, people in the Midwest care too much about candles. Yes! I'm talking about the Bath and Body Works in Appleton, Wisconsin missing their winter candy apple and ice gingerbread. Hello, everybody. This is going to be extremely explicit. So, if you don't like swearing or angry people from Wisconsin, then turn your mother effing camera off now. FYI, Can I Speak to a Manager was invented in the Midwest. (laughs) Guaranteed. You can trace it back to a woman in the Midwest who drove her minivan right up to a Bath and Body Works with her undercut, Kate Gosling haircut. Have you seen this clip before? Yes, because of you. I just want to listen to it to get inspired. Just to let you guys know, um, traffic-wise and things, it was a really busy day because the Packers were playing. This is the only good thing that happened. I think the Packers won. I don't know. I've been busy taking care of bitches all fucking day. (laughs) I just love how angry she is. Jen says to me, you know what this goddamn Jen says to me? I can give you some coupons and put these in your bag. And I said, Jen, I have every single coupon that Bath and Body Works has. She takes my original receipt, takes it out of the bag and says, there's an 800 number on the top of this receipt. And when you call, you'll get a live person and you can explain to them what happened. And I'm sure they'll be able to help you with something. And I said, a live person? Who the fuck do you think I'm talking to now? This video encapsulates everything it is to be Midwestern. This is Midwestern culture, okay? Football t-shirt, zip-up fleece sweater, uh, haircut, complaining about customer service, candles, an entitled sense of self for no good reason, (laughs) complaining about traffic, having to travel long distances, and bags. (laughs) Most of all. (laughs) Moving right along, the Midwest continues to be the worst because state fairs. (gasps) State fairs are a freak show, funhouse mirror display of America, okay? It's like everything you know and love warped through a haunted surface of a deep fryer, and it's disgusting. I never have been to a state fair. I love them so much. I've gone to the Wisconsin State Fair five times. Why? How do you live past (laughs) one of them? Did you have those weird, like, traveling carnivals that would, like, show up out of nowhere? Yes. That was absurd that we were allowed to go to those and, like, get on those roller coasters that didn't exist 24 hours before. And you just (laughs) trust a bunch of traveling carnies to put it together and a bunch of children get on it. With your literal life. Yeah. Maybe that's why you're so afraid of roller coasters. Yeah, absolutely. I would just go to Great America. I remember I went with my friends to one of those 
fairs, carnivals, pop-up mm-hmm. carnivals. Yeah. And we went on that giant, like, ship ride, mm-hmm. which is the worst. It's a pendulum. Yeah. Also, it's a pendulum <laughs> for your stomach. <laughs> and I, we got off of it, and I was like, oh, I feel like I have to barf for the rest of the day now. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to leave the carnival <laughs> because of my dramatic stomach. <laughs> That's when I discovered that Pepto-Bismol cures nausea. Heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yay, Pepto-Bismol. Next, the Midwest is home of tornadoes. And fuck that, okay? Every other natural disaster is normal. (laughs) See, I think that tornadoes are the least scary of the natural disasters. No! You have so much warning. Uh, Ask Dorothy, okay? (laughs) Ask Toto. Ask the Wicked Witch's sister, really. Yeah. Because she got crushed. (laughs) Um, I grew up with an irrational fear of tornadoes. One time we were at a public pool and it was a very like scary gray day. But we decided to go anyway because that's all there is to do. And uh, there was lightning. And so the like teenage lifeguard was like, everybody has to get out. While we were, I was eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (gasps) I saw this cloud that (gasps) literally looked like, it's still in my memory, as this like wisp of green Green, cloud. And it turned so quickly into (gasps) one of the most terrifying days of my life because the wind picked up and it was... It was like Wizard of Oz. Signs started flying everywhere. It was like me and my entire extended family. So like we all started running and we ran into the closest building, which was the women's bathroom. And I was so scandalized. And the one image of that day that I remember was my older cousin. He's two years older and he was he got a hot dog and he also was terrified of tornadoes and he was shaking, crying, but still eating his hot dog. (laughs) So I just remember it's like shaking and crying and bringing the dog up to his mouth. But we all survived. Next, uh, low-key, almost every serial killer is from the Midwest. Basically, if a tornado doesn't kill you, um, a clown will. Nice John Wayne Gacy Jr. reference. <laughs> For real. And then Sufjan Stevens will materialize out Sufjan? of a, a, a whiff of smoke and then write a song about you. People, even more, they were boys with their cars, summer jobs. Oh my God. Also, the Midwest is one of the only places where swimming in lakes is considered normal, and it's if not, not a luxury, normal. it's not a luxury. It's not normal. Lakes are the number one receptacle for corpses. Do you want to know what my childhood was like living by Lake Michigan? You go to the beach, and it's a fifty percent chance that that beach will be closed because of E. coli. But the next day, you go back. No E. coli. You're fine. You're totally fine the next day. But then the next day after that, there's probably going to be E. coli again. It's Lakes are, are truly repulsive. We used to vacation in Michigan yeah. because that was that's, where you go in the Midwest. <laughs> and we would swim in this lake every summer. And the older I got, the more I was like, this is disgusting. You can't see. You put your hand in the water more than like six inches and it's gone. You can't see it. <laughs> and we used to like dive down and touch the bottom. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure we discovered that when we flushed the toilet in the house, it went out to the lake <laughs> that we swam in. 
<laughs> I love the Midwest. <laughs> Finally, basically everywhere in the Midwest is an Applebee's. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not even sorry about it. It's all an Applebee's. It's all like the Midwest is one of the only regions where Olive Garden is considered fine dining. Like you dress up. That's <laughs> the only tablecloth restaurant that you eat in per month. We went to a type of restaurant like that, and my mom had to send her butter back because it had a spice to it. And that spice was brown sugar. (laughs) The definition of Midwest is sending the butter back because it's too spicy. The last thing I want to call out, because in my research about this deep dive, I discovered that someone claimed that Chili and cinnamon rolls together are like a Midwestern thing. And I have never heard of that That before. That is rude. I'm pretty sure they put that in there to be like, to tick everybody off. (laughs) That's repulsive. That is really gross. I mean, if I had to choose, fuck the cinnamon roll, marry chili, and kill the Midwest. And that's our deep dive. That didn't make any sense, but who cares? (laughs) This is unhappy hour and there are no rules. And now let's kiss this studio goodbye and mosey on up to the Upper West Side and get sweaty with Trixie Mattel. And I say get sweaty because the hotel room we recorded this in was literally smaller than our studio and Trixie was ironing her clothes and we couldn't figure out how to turn the fucking heat off and the hotel wouldn't bring us cups. So it was basically as hot and dry as RuPaul's butthole up in here. And Trixie Mattel was our oasis, the oasis of our imagination. Where are we? Where are we heading? We're in an elevator. We're heading up to the sky. (laughs) We're going to a hotel room. This way. I hear the pull of the iron. I just wasted my good hello on the um, somebody who worked here. I opened it and was like, hello. Oh, like I gave him like the It's fine. It's fine. We'll take the backup hello. Hello. It's New York hotel room, so there's plenty of space. Oh, my God. Oh, what? Trixie Mattel invites us into the cardboard box that is her hotel room, and we get comfy and cozy to get our interview on. And if you are wondering, I did fully tuck myself for this interview. Tell us who you are and where we are. I'm a crossdresser rifling through a broken suitcase looking for the hat for a Girl Scout costume to go stand by Erica Jane. (laughs) Perfect. So to translate, we're in a hotel room with Miss Trixie Mattel, who just arrived in New York City, and then we harassed her in her hotel room. (laughs) So she is getting ready. Um, I'm gluing my eyebrows down in a frantic hurry. So I can go. I can't believe. It. Yeah, I'm just. I flew to LA yesterday and flew back to New York today. Why is this happening to me? We are getting a drag queen in in the midst of it all, and we're gonna have an unhappy hour interview, and it's gonna be great. So basically, what we want to do while you're getting ready is talk to you about things that are the worst. We have a bunch of topics, and we'll just talk about the worst things about them. Okay. I should start by saying we're here because I literally tweeted at you today complaining that you have won too many things. Yeah. Well, and now I'm you're up for another award. I'm trying to win a shorty award, right. which is like a, you know. As someone who has not won a shorty award yet, and I feel like I deserve one, 
I was I was put off. Oh, bitch, let me one-up you, bitch. <laughs> I'm nominated for a James Beard Foundation Award. I don't understand. That's a culinary award? It's a culinary award. What does that mean? Well, they have a media section, and GQ and I did a hilarious video called Tricks and Mattel Makes a Sandwich. Right, right. And, and a cocktail. And the video is pretty funny. I'm pretty proud of it. And got the alert <laughs> on Twitter, you've been nominated for a James Beard Award. Right. To which I responded, what is this? Right. <laughs> And then my manager was like, it's like the Oscars of food. And I was like, oh, I was like, this seems like, and the first thing I did was call one of my friends who's like a cook. And I was like, I got nominated for a James Beard. And I learned quickly, do not tell people who've worked in food their whole life that you're nominated for a sandwich right. that you made on YouTube. Just for an ego check, do you have a People's Choice Award? Um, you do. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we cleared that up. I remember... Yeah. That's nuts. At this point, it's getting too far away. I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to throw it away pretty soon. <laughs> You're starting to turn into Jinx talking about winning season five. Right. You know what I mean? So right. Starting to turn into that aging. Yeah. I know. mean, I I won as a fluke anyway, so it's pretty, you know. Did you watch Drag Race? <laughs> I only had to convince Ben to leave, you know. That's true. That's true. They were like, Trixie, what, didn't you want her to fight? What did you say to your friend to get her to stay? I'm like, my friend? I was like, beat it, Linda. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you've won too many challenges. You need to leave. This is Survivor. This if is it, Survivor of Drag Race. If at first you can't beat him, convince him to leave. Right. That's what I think that's <laughs> Psychological <saying> is. warfare. <laughs> yeah. I should introduce you officially. Oh, yeah. So, um, we are here. Our, our guest complainer is Miss Trixie Mattel, Hello. who is a singer-songwriter with an iTunes chart, two iTunes charting albums. Yes. I know. Co-star of the Trixie and Katya show on Viceland. I know. And now winner of season three of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars with the coveted title of uh, the Drag Race Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. I've got all these interviews, and they were all like, "So, what can you tell us about the Hall of Fame?" And I'm like, <laughs> "And they didn't like my answer." Well, they wanted me to be like, "It's a prestigious." And, you know, they wanted like a serious answer, but I'm like, "Oh, there's nowhere to charge your phone." Chad is hungry. <laughs> uh, Alaska peed in one of the corners. You yeah. also got a year supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills. I did. Which for you, it seems like quite a load. Yeah, quite I, a heavy it's load. It's a big, heavy load. Yeah. yeah, I think it's funny that you know what down at Anastasia Beverly Hills, from a frugal standpoint, you know they were rooting for anyone but me. <laughs> They're like, that is a big bill for a year. For people who don't know, uh, your signature Trixie Mattel look is heavy, a little heavy on the heavy side of makeup. I'm sure I don't know what you mean as what? I glue my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the question we usually start with everybody is, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Oh, uh, Seinfeld. <sighs> no. I know. And That's friends. anti-Semitic. I know. Um, and friends? I know. I know. Listen, I know. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I literally, one of the first comedians I ever saw was Jerry Seinfeld. And I just. <laughs> well, that's enough to turn I sat there off. with my arms crossed like somebody had come to my house at night and taken money out of my wallet. <laughs> Um, but, but again, you asked what, I mean, I know that in that situation, I'm in the wrong. Right. I am no, wrong. I, I'll give you credit because I think a lot of people answer that question with something that like a lot of people hate. And the question is, what is something you hate that everybody else loves? All right. Let's talk about it. So just let's go through our list. I will throw out a topic and we'll talk about the worst things about it. The worst things about being a winner. Well, uh, people are critical of whether or not you should win. <laughs> 
Whereas if right. you lose, people definitely only ever speak up to say, I wish you would have gotten to do X, Y, Z or, you know. Right. So for people who don't watch All Stars, uh, shame on you, first of all. Second of all, you won the third season. And the top four was, I mean, it was... You're talking all-stars, so they're, everybody is amazing. That's the thing. And everybody's like, did you know, did you find your momentum? I'm like, if you're in a room full of drag queens that talented and you think you're going to win, plot twist, you're a sociopath. <laughs> right. And your name is BB. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I was just like day to day, like, oh, I'm either winning or going home. Day to day. I'm like, right, day to right. day. It's so much pressure that even if you make no mistakes, you're like, I know it. I can just feel it. It's right. me. I also like that um, I saw on Twitter someone stole one of your prizes. Oh, I won um, from Raiden. I won some. Um, I won some luggage, and I came home to claim it. And my roommate was like, "Oh, there was a crazy lady outside." And then the next morning, she that look the piece of luggage that was on the step was gone. <laughs> Look, the picture you tweeted was just a box that had been ripped open and the contents were gone. I know. And listen, I haven't won a lot of challenges on Drag Race. Let me have my moment. Yeah. Let me have my luggage. <laughs> I mean, I guess now I can buy luggage. Does anything special happen when you win? Does like RuPaul take you aside and like try to convince you to steal the recipe for the Everlasting Gobstoppers? Um, it's sort of. Do you know what a Horcrux is? Yes. Okay, it's sort of like that, but for a good person. So RuPaul has horcruxes that keep him alive forever. Right. And, but so he's, but he's a part good of his person. soul yes. into so you. He, yes, he gives us part of his soul. So now, like, if you killed me, Chad, Alaska, every other winner, RuPaul would eventually die. I love that. Yeah, that's what I think. See, so we know how to take down RuPaul now. Yeah, that's his, that's his Achilles, <laughs> if, Achilles if high heel. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's <laughs> why she's the winner. <laughs> Worst things about being a Midwesterner slash Wisconsinian? Oh, there's this reputation that we're really nice. And you're not? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Watch like Fargo. Watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. Do these people seem do these people seem like they have good hearts? You know what I mean? Three billboards of uh, Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think <laughs> everyone it's... in that movie was insane. Uh, Minnesota is the one where people say Minnesota nice, which means like right, right. really nice. Kind of like mom nice. When did you first know you were Midwestern? Oh, when I moved to college. And even though I'm from Wisconsin and went to college in Wisconsin, I had an accent. Yeah. Within Wisconsin, Same. I had a Wisconsin accent. I was just talking about this. Yeah. I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago and then went to school in Chicago. And everybody was like, you have the most Midwestern accent. And I was like, what? I don't know what to do with that information. Yeah, if you watch um, if you watch season seven of Drag Race, you can really hear it. Mine went away, but <laughs> move to LA, you drop your accent, right? You get some, you get some veneers, you know, like you do the whole thing. But then if you're back, it comes back very easily. Totally, like you can see on drag, a show like Drag Race too. The first on season seven, I'm like, oh, I'm doing drag, <laughs> like that word drag, yeah. is just setting you up for failure. Right. There's a lot of the, there's a lot of that particular a. In, yeah. In, RuPaul's I won a hundred a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in a crown and a crown. Speaking of the Midwest, you were at Roscoe's, right, for the night of yeah. I was All there Stars? for the All Stars finale, and the truth is, it's not a lie. They don't tell us. They don't tell us who wins. I was wondering that with All Stars in particular, because everything is pre-taped. It's not like regular seasons of Drag Race, which is in like in front of a whole audience. Yeah, I think it's because, like, they know that, like, for, for All-Stars, people have been on Drag Race a few times. 
they might some people are just bitches enough to be like we need you to come back and people just be like no right right she's like put a mop head on a sequin gown that's me like no i'm not coming back you know what i mean so you were at Ros- Roscoe's. It was my like my first gay bar experience. Really? Yeah, in Roscoe's Chicago. in Chicago. It's like the gay bar that brings drag race girls on like a weekly basis. Right. It's also I don't know if they still do this, but they serve pitchers of Long Island iced teas, and I I almost died there multiple times. Oh yeah. I I threw up in a cab. I tell this story on stage now. I threw up in a cab. After a, a night of drinking Long Island iced teas at Roscoe's, not great. Did you get fined? Yes. Yeah, it's fifty dollars. It's that's that's not bad. Honestly, if I puked and I could pay fifty dollars to have someone take care of it wherever. Right. Like, <laughs> like I wish they, I wish they hosed me down while I was in it, though. Like I wish they hosed the cab down while I was in the cab still. <laughs> Yeah, it's a not a great it's not a great experience throwing up in a cab when you and five of your friends are smashed into the No, back your seat. friends were in it too. Yeah. They were the ones who wrestled my wallet out of my my back pocket and gave the driver all of my money. I love that. Which Real was friends. my fault. I deserved it. Totally deserved it. But um yeah, Roscoe's I have fond memories of Roscoe's. I was I was at Roscoe's on election night and there was a very, very sad Hillary Clinton drag queen. <laughs> and she was just trying to hold it together and it was like trying to keep everyone upbeat. It was like one of the worst nights of my life. That was Shangela last week. <laughs> uh, she I saw a viewing party of her in West Hollywood. And she's I mean, she's such a professional trooper. You know, it's one of those things where the audience is sad and you can see Shangela, like, being the the caretaker of the bar as they find out something she's known for a year. Right, right. You know, I didn't yeah. get to see Kennedy because she was in Australia, so I don't know what her... Because what happened, they, so they film the top two, you each kind of film your own reactions in the moment. Yeah, and I'm they kept mine short too, because I'm also like a terrible actor, especially after the like weeks of psychological abuse. <laughs> like when Todrick was like, we're doing this all in one take, and it's dramatic music, and I'm standing there smiling, and he goes, Trixie, aren't you scared? And I was like, yeah. We've been scared. <laughs> yeah. I've been here for a month, like we've been scared. Right, right. Shit ain't new. Every, everything, we're all going home tomorrow, like. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's I'm not true. good at reality TV. And then my my reaction to winning too was like I could tell they kept it short because I couldn't do like the Alaska thing where like fall to the ground or like I was just like, <laughs> but this isn't real. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, in the moment you have to yeah. pretend like you're winning, but you don't actually know yet until weeks. Years and when you later. watch, if you YouTube at me at Roscoe's, you can tell I really didn't know because I'm slack jawed, staring at the screen, pointing, gagged. Yeah, gagged. And then confetti came down, and I was like, "What if I had lost?" They were like, "The confetti was for if you lost." We just thought after you won, might as well not waste it. <laughs> yeah, I will say. I mean, like, just as a fan of the show, like going into it, I think you were the favorite, and then throughout the season, it was like everybody just pulled it out including you and then towards towards the end it was like honestly anybody could win Um, it's not that yeah i didn't do bad it was just like um like shangela had one more win than me but she was in the bottom the same number of times as me right and i had as many wins as bb um and the the only thing is ben won five times so like the rest of us didn't have as many wins because she won like Right. All of them. Yeah, that's the other fucked up thing is that they like build this narrative that you had this like horrible first half and then came back from the dead. And You're it's like, like the first person to clock that. Yeah. Every interview is like, so you had a rocky start. I'm like, when? <laughs> right. I literally was safe, safe, top three, and then in the bottom once for right. Snatch Game. 
And then after that, they were like, wow, you really came back yeah. from nothing. But also, like it a is Phoenix. reality TV, and you need to cry to win, right? Yeah. So at least I had a good cry on Snatch Game. That's true. Yeah. Right. Vulnerability. At least one cry a season. Unfortunately, you didn't top Milk's cry. But it's fine, because I still like tear. you after this, and I don't like Milk. <laughs> that one sad tear. They didn't show it, but I took it on my ring finger, that tear, and I just started yeah. just jerking off. But right. Like, That'll yeah. last you for a while. One tear... Yes, one one tall, good-looking white man's tear. That's the best lube. <laughs> Where's the worst, besides right now, what is the worst place you've ever had to put drag on? Oh, I'll tell you exactly where. Uh, I believe Leeds in the UK. I did a comedy club where they put me in a mop room that had a wet floor. <laughs> and I had to steam my costumes and get ready and do drag in there. And um, Some people horrible. play it fast and loose with the, with the word green room. Uh, oh, completely. I'm I'm a little bit of a stickler. I'm like, where's the green? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. can you update us on what's happening all over your beautiful face? Oh, we called. I don't know what you would call this stage. I forget where I heard this from, but there's a stage in drag makeup where your face is on, but your makeup's not really on yet. And somebody once told me that it's um it's the oh I think Drew Drogi said it. It's the part in the show where everyone looks like they're the musical cats, but they're talking about their dead moms. <laughs> Because everyone's half painted with stripes and browns on their faces. Right, right. But they're like, and then my mom got hit by a boat or whatever. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, the part in a Drag Race episode. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm putting on the foundation currently. You know what's funny? I got nominated for that James Beard Foundation Award. And I was uh-huh. like, a drag queen getting nominated for an award that has the words beard and foundation in it. Yeah. At first I was like, who's shady? <laughs> and then I was like, oh. Because it sounds like you have your beard right. growing through your foundation. Right. I love it. <laughs> The worst place you've ever performed. Oh, um, the worst place. Oh, oh, bitch. Again, plot twist, the UK. I was in <laughs> Cardiff in Wales doing this event for this company that, honestly, I'm not going to shade them. I'm not going to say the name. But they canceled, I think they canceled the booking at the club it was supposed to be at. It was a seated venue because I do stand up, so I want seats. And I play my acoustic guitar. So, like, I can't have people standing or they're going to, like, totally zone out. You know yeah. I mean? They're going to lock their knees and pass out. You know, these are drunk teenagers. They are vulnerable. <laughs> um, and they had me performing in a multi-purpose room of a hotel. Carpeted floor, no spotlight, no way to plug my guitar in, no lighting, no dressing room, no way to play my videos for my show. Right. And it was the first time where I almost had to cancel because I had to be like, so you're telling me my show is just going to consist of me talking and not lit? Yeah. Like... So I did the show anyway, but I was like mortified. And then the promoter had the nerve to be like, you seem like you're not happy with. And I was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're a dry queen. You also can't ask for what you need or demand what was in the contract. Because then you're like, quote unquote, difficult to work with. Yeah. Like she was a diva. Why was she a diva? Right. She wanted right. a light on her during her hour long show. That was like, that was the worst. Like I almost had to cancel. I've never canceled, but I almost had to like, what if the quality of the show is so bad that I have to, now I'm just going to go out there and make myself look like an idiot, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had that happen? I just performed at a college in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And it was the first time they told me to keep it PG-13. And I was like, I talk about like blowjobs and rimming and all of this stuff. And I'm like, there's going to be like children here. What do you think I feel when I'm at schools and like my icebreaker section is like Columbine jokes? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I then it's, and then like some of my jokes too, like they they work, but then our political climate changed so swiftly, right? That certain jokes a few months later, I had to be like, oh wow, that's not funny to people anymore. 
Yeah. Like, I used to have this whole section where I made fun of, like, bachelorettes, like, white girls. Right. Drunk white girls. But even now, like, drunk white girls are still women. And right now, it's not even okay to make fun of women, even if they're drunk white girls. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's fine. Now, I mean, honestly, when I'm sure you do what I do. Like, when in doubt, just shit on yourself. Yeah, And try yeah. not to say the F word. Right. <laughs> or honestly, especially for drag, Katya always says that drag at its heart is failure because everyone in the room knows you're not a woman. Right. So at least in drag, a, a, a technical difficulty is sort of like a gift. Because it's already stupid. Drag is stupid. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel the same same way about... I think my my internet persona is such a mess that, like, if everything goes wrong, people are still like, that's what we expected. So yeah, it's like not... this Like this podcast. <laughs> you guys can't see us, but we're fully, like, like, playing Twister on a bed. Yeah. Reaching over each other with microphones while I slather grease I paint mean, on my face. I get to go home after this. You're the one who has to stay here, so... Oh, I have to go stand next to Erica Jane and RuPaul. And right. I'm going to look like someone's squat, you know, mute ant. Yeah, you are doing Watch What Happens Live this uh, this evening, which is yes. what we're getting ready for. So, or, or as I, you know, how drag queens say, like, I live. I want to call like Watch What Happens live, <laughs> live. Um, what is the worst interaction you've had with a straight person? Oh God, any taxi driver ever who's had to pick me <laughs> yeah. up in drag. Like that conversation is just always weird. The straight, the straight guys always want to, like, they're, like, afraid to speak to me or they have too invasive questions about, like, you know. Right. I think a lot more people want to, it's not about a question of, like, sleeping with a, a uh, like, what gender you are. Some people are really turned on by just cross-dressing in any form. Yeah. Like, Katya and I always say, like, some guys, if you just put a wig on a fire hydrant, they'll line up. Like, yeah. that's all the fantasy it takes. <laughs> you know? I I've, mean, I try anything once, I guess. Yeah. And and sometimes if you're, like, an Uber driver and you're curious, you're like, this is my moment. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't my moment. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the viewing party at Precinct downtown LA. Like, yeah, I can't answer questions to you about your body and your needs. What is the worst thing someone could come up to you and say? You know, I used to hate you. <laughs> That's their way of saying, I currently love you. Yeah. That is the weirdest way to say it. I used to hate, oh my God, I hated you. Yeah. Well, I'm on the fence about you right now. (laughs) So the other day I declined a photo with someone at 2 a.m. at a pizza place and he came up to me um, and told me I had to apologize to him (laughs) for declining a photo. And you did, I'm, I'm sure. He said, I want you to apologize. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, you cannot... Yeah, I would. That, that's also on my list. Worst thing about saying no to pictures. Well, the problem is, it was actually addressed on Drag Race this season, which I actually really appreciate. Yeah. You know, out of drag, I just like to fly under the radar. Like, I barely need glasses, and I have them so maybe I can hide out a little better. Like, they're <laughs> barely real. Barely real. Yeah. Um, and I guess I, I never, I don't always want to take a picture, especially if I'm with a friend or my boyfriend. I want it to feel like it's more about them and less about me. Because I'm not always home. Right. So I'm like, I want to just be with my friend and be present. So I'll decline, you know, more so I can enjoy like a friend moment. And then it gets, sometimes it gets so dark. So I can hear someone like turn on their heels and go like, I told you he was an asshole. (laughs) I'm like, well, great. Because that's the thing is a lot of times it's, I don't think it's, when somebody gets mad when you don't want to give them a picture, they're not a huge fan of your work as much as they wanted likes on their Instagram. Right. And then it's like. If they really liked you, they would be like, you know what, girl? I don't want a picture, but I love you. Yeah. Or if you decline a picture, they're like, I totally get it. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm getting better at it. I'm smiling more. I'm, you know, watching myself on Drag Race and finding... It was a learning experience finding out that people were like, no, your sense of humor, people really think you're a cunt sometimes. <laughs> and I don't want that. Like, Katya would always tell me, she's like, people think... When I... Katya would be like, I went to a bar and they just said you were just really quiet. And I was like, I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, perception is reality, you know. Right. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. Because there was... Was it after the Adam Lambert uh, interaction? Yeah, which I thought was funny. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm a drag queen making a joke about gender. If you don't get that that's a joke, I don't I don't know. Right. I don't know. So uh, you, there was a music challenge on the show, singing uh-huh. challenge, and um, you are a singer-songwriter. <laughs> uh, but Adam Lambert was unimpressed with your attitude at the, at the recording. Yeah. Like, he wanted me to sing higher, and he was like, well, gr- you know, it's a girly part, so I should have a high voice. And I said, oh, so you believe in gender roles. <laughs> Which is clearly a joke. Yeah. But you know what? Um, I think at the end of the day, if you offend someone trying to be funny, you're still the one with the smoking gun and it is your fault. Yeah. Like every time I, a fan has had a, or, or another queen has been like, you were a jerk. It wasn't them. It was, it was me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something I would like to work on. <laughs> but it's good. It's good to know that. It's yep. good to have a show that teaches you. Well, I remember a really long time ago, this is when like Plan B in Madison, Wisconsin, Raven came to perform at our bar. You know, when you're like a, a local queen, a drag race queen coming is so fun, so exciting. And she came and she had no big on. And she, you know, Raven's so severe looking. Yeah. And she just sat quietly with all her makeup and just filed her nails. And I remember mentally someone that beautiful and famous just sitting and filing their nails. It looks like they're waving middle fingers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I always picture that and try to be like, you know, make sure you fucking open up your clowny ass mouth and smile at people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a struggle. What about getting hot guys to notice you? My, it's the note I wrote. You did a video with Tom Daly, right? Yes, I did. Who was one of my top five men I would kidnap if I could? Oh, you love him? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do I detect shade? No, he's not my type. Okay. He looks. Um, I'm not super into like very young. Yeah. No, I like 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 um, like a Paul Rudd. <laughs> Right. Like, I want him to just walk by and choke slam me. Sure, you know? sure. Right. Yeah, Tom Daly, not... He's Tom like Daly a third was, of Paul Rudd's age. Tom Daly was... Married d- to a Paul Rudd, basically. That is true. Yeah. And he was so hot and so nice. He was hot and nice. And the funny thing was, his body was, like, stupid. And I was like, your body... He was like, oh, this is my off-season. He's like, I'm so out of shape. <laughs> I was like, relatable content from Tom Daly. <laughs> yeah. But he was so nice. And he loves drag and, you know... He could just, I like when people who could just choose to be a hot gay yeah. once in a while want, like, we, he let us dress him up as Kermit. Right. So, and he could just go be an Instagram hot gay, but he still wanted to act like a fool, which right. I enjoy. Yeah. I like that. He also was, like, pretending to be straight for a long time. I mean, oh, he was? So, so did all of us. But he was, was started being famous when he was, like, 14, so. I'm sure as an athlete, it's difficult. Right, for right. People to take you seriously. Now every Olympian is gay, but back then. And I imagine like a good 50, 60 years ago, it was just a bunch of quote unquote straight guys at a, a gay bar doing their drag shows. <laughs> yeah. Like going home to their wife after they do like um, a 45 minute mega mix of right. like, you know, women's got the strength. <laughs> I saw a play here in New York a 
few years ago that was about one of those like camps in the woods for married men to go for the weekend and like dress as women. And I was like, oh, this is what they did before (laughs) drag bars existed. Yes. (laughs) Before like people accepted gays, you had to marry a woman and then on the weekend steal a couple of her outfits and then drive into the woods. And she also had to basically know about it. Yeah. Like, people were just, like, they just didn't talk about it. Yeah, my husband, like, sleeps with other guys and dresses like a woman. But, like, no big deal. (laughs) Yeah, that's just part of the culture. Um, Do you call your music country music, folk music? I call it folk music. Okay. Americana. Right. Folk with an L. But, I I mean, I used to, when I was younger, like, I started playing guitar because I used to be obsessed with, like, Michelle Branch and Avril Lavigne and, like, (laughs) Melissa Etheridge. The great guitar players Yeah, I found my way to, because I think a lot of gays don't play guitars because when you're young, it's kind of like an aggressively macho instrument. Yeah. And you're like, oh, to me, I found a way to make it gay. (laughs) Just got to like girls who play guitar. Yeah. I'm like, fuck me up, little fair. You know what I mean? We were talking the other day when we were very high about um, how there's no... (laughs) There's no commercials for albums anymore (laughs) where you get to like hear parts of the songs and all of the, all of the songs go across the screen, like credits. Yeah. Do you remember those like, um, compilation, like the greatest love songs and you would almost memorize the order of the songs and which clips and you don't even know what songs they're from. Right. The one that still haunts me is the Shirley Temple one. Because I just remember I'd try to watch Nickelodeon. And she would come in, animal crackers in, in my, my soup. soup. Totally, that one. <laughs> I, I remember the one with Michael Bolton and Celine Dion. And he'd be like, tell me how am I supposed to live? And then it would cut to her being like, I am your lady. <laughs> there was, sorry, there was this drag queen in Chicago. And I won't say her name so I don't embarrass her. She did a Celine Dion song, I Am Your Lady and You Are My Man. And she, before she went on stage, she pushed a bunch of water up inside her butthole with a douche so she could pull on her panties on stage and pee like a girl during the I Am Your Lady. But her butthole, uh, surprise, extra came out. So in the middle of a drag show, she accidentally shit all <laughs> over the stage. In the whole front row, like the show, and people went from living to like, you could see the wave, the smell hit the audience. I my mouth has been hanging open for the past twenty minutes. It was amazing. She's a really amazing queen. Um, I'm sorry, um, but it was so funny to me. But the audience was like, they went from like yes to like no. It was a small bar too. There's maybe like 110 people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I don't know. At one point, a person would expect that to go right. Well, with well, with its drag, we try new things, and the problem is, oftentimes, <laughs> let's try douching for the first time on stage. <laughs> the problem is, oftentimes, it doesn't work, and it doesn't work out in a public way. Yeah. So things happen. <laughs> it is true, though. Yeah, you got to give drag queens credit for. Uh... We all have videos of us eating. Once you get on Drag Race, and everyone has their phone out every time you're in drag, if you fall once, yeah. There's a video of me in, in, at Oasis in San Francisco of me falling off the stage. And I fell so fiercely. I lost the gravity fight so fiercely. Both my shoes flew in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you've said or done that you're like, I wish I hadn't because now people won't stop referencing it? Um, no, I don't think so. Um... The, what's funny is the Oh Honey character that I kind of do. Yeah. That sort of voice, that sort of tone of voice. Katya and I, I started just doing that in front of her because it makes, sorry, 
it just um, it makes her laugh. Yeah. And then people started saying it in real life, which was very shocking because it is based on someone in my life, and that person still doesn't know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, honey. So that person still doesn't know, and that person is aware of that that phrase and is a, is not aware that it came from his behaviors and his his voice. Yeah. And he can never know because then I have to stop saying it. I mean, I feel like at this point, if he doesn't know, it's a safe bet he's never. Yeah, he's probably not going to find out. Yeah. Okay, let's do. Let's just do our quick. We have a game called Bowl of Shit Talk, uh, and it's just quick things to get your yay or nay, basically. Okay, love that. Um, Snap judgment, something I specialize in. Um, Short nails. You've come out against them. No. Really? Bitch, give me an active square acrylic. I like a nail that's so short it makes your finger look shorter. Okay. <laughs> we all, honestly, like me and Kim, like in Chicago and Chicago drag, me, Kim, Shay, Pearl, we all used to wear claws. We used to change nails for different numbers. Now, bitch, I'm like, give me my active oval. Yeah. My mom length. You did tweet, I don't wear short nails because I don't hate myself. Oh, when was that? 2015. See, so, I changed a lot. Growth. It's been three years. Also, clock the pictures of me in 2015 in drag. I'm wearing <laughs> this. I'm wearing like, like full blown right, like teenage right. girl nails. Um, wax sculptures. Um, of celebrities. Sure. I have gone to Madame Tussauds. I think four times, which is about three times more than most. Right. Um, because people who don't see when you go to LA and you go there, you think that's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, sure. I will say I may, maybe I'm kind of more impressed when back in the day they used to take casts of people and now they just kind of like, <laughs> they just like judge. they used to have to mold them. Right. And now they just kind of like, I don't know how they do it, but it's like a copy almost. Yeah. Yeah. The RuPaul has one. Yeah. And the RuPaul one is, is pretty amazing. It's, it's, it, you don't really realize how tall RuPaul is till you see that sculpture. Wasn't it in the workroom for a season? Not for my season, thank God. Like, I need that added stress. Yeah, it's just a replica of RuPaul watching over you. Yes, for added drama, I bet you now in the new the new season, they have the, the she's probably back, the wax figure with red eyes and the red snakeskin walls. <laughs> RuPaul yeah. also has like a trident, like she's the lord of the sea. I think it's safe to assume that RuPaul is watching us at all times anyway. At least you. Oh, completely. Like I can shut off my lights at night and sleep comfortably, but... I, I, I if I were fear. you, yeah, I like at least check under my bed. After All Stars, me trying to not accidentally say anything about how the show goes, <laughs> I'm like, she could just be here. Like, the, I would be looking at a wall and I would just see two eyes flit open and realize RuPaul was painted as the wallpaper the whole time waiting yeah. for me to slip up. <laughs> and then she would just like red dot on my forehead. Boom. You know, you know RuPaul has a pantsuit to match every surface in, <laughs> oh, in this world. A, RuPaul has a pantsuit that she plans to murder me in. If I ever, you know, if I had accidentally said, oops, so-and-so accidentally goes home, accident, you know, <laughs> I could be killed. Um, A couple more. Honey the condiment. Oh, I like honey. Yeah. I'm a tea drinker, bitch. Oh. And I will fuck up honey. Right. So, okay. You're Plus, not... oh, honey, I get gifted honey on, like, a daily basis. <laughs> That's what I was wondering, because, yeah. like, you know, you say honey enough times, the I bees do, will come. I do like it, but now I get so much of it, I most most of what I get, I have to throw it away. People do give me gifts, too, and it's like, they I have to get wine. on an airplane. No, not honey. I wish. Do they give you wine? Um, Wine, bourbon, which is great, but then it's like, I have to get on an airplane, and I then I can't take it. it. I know. I once got gifted a... 
bottle of wine from a very good looking jet blue attendant. And then uh, I had to get back on the plane like the next day and I forgot I left it in my carry on bag and they were like, you have to throw it away. And I was like, it came from you. I learned it from you. Okay. <laughs> I learned it from you. Here's a mirror. All right. Last one. I don't know if you saw this story, but a woman in Florida rode a horse into a nightclub. I like saw a full blown horse. And the horse fucking freaked out. And I'm sure it's dead at this point. But I blame Studio 54, first of all, but also RuPaul's Drag Race. Because oh. you guys did ride into a fake horse. A fake horse. I read that article as like horse carries woman into club on its back. Like the horse was going to the party. <laughs> yeah. And the horse brought her friend Cheryl. The woman was the nuisance. You yeah, just totally. to ride. Totally. The woman is the problem in that story, I think. The horse is just like, hey. I do kind of love that we're like, we're bringing the, you know, 60s back, I guess. The 70s when it. I wonder what went through her head, though. Like, what stunt, what day was it? Was it her birthday? Why was she really trying to, like, make a moment? You know what I mean? And who was she trying to impress? There was someone, someone was there who she was like, I'm not leaving until he notices me. Completely. And you know how he, <laughs> he was you know the why first he noticed one who got bucked. He got kicked in the head <laughs> and now, you know, only speaks with half of his face. Exactly. On that note, we'll wrap it up and let you finish getting ready and squeezing into all of your lovely outfits here. Thank you. Where can people find you and your work? You can find me on every single piece of social media at Trixie Mattel. Yes. You can also find me every Wednesday on Viceland at 1030 on the Trixie and Katya show, now featuring Bob the Drag Queen. Yes. And you can also find me on the top of the charts on iTunes. (laughs) Perfect tongue pop. Yes. Finally. Thank you for letting us into your beautiful hotel room. Thank you. Get out. (laughs) Okay. Bye. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down. The thing that helps us get through it. Barry, what's your chaser? My chaser this week is chocolate babka. Don't know what that is. Really? It's a Jewish pastry, but it's basically just like dense chocolate and butter. And it's delicious. You would love it. I should have brought it today, but I didn't because I want to keep it for myself because I love it so much. Is it like chocolate stuffed croissants? Kind of, but it's it's like a loaf of bread. Oh, yes. Yeah. So not a croissant at all. No. <laughs> Anyway, chocolate babka makes me really happy, so I'm picking that, even though you're giving me a judgmental look. Good. What's your chaser this week? My chaser is on theme with the rest of our episode, and I might have used this as a chaser before, and if I did, who fucking cares? Because it brings me joy. RuPaul's Drag Race. If you have never watched RuPaul's Drag Race before, now is the time to start, because season 10 just started this past week. If Trixie did not inspire you to start watching, then you can start and you don't have to fucking hear her because she's not on the season. She was on the last one. It is probably, I think, the most therapeutic show on television. Or if not, then that's how I watch it in place of (laughs) professional health. (laughs) I just think if you don't, if you've never seen RuPaul's Drag Race, so much of it is about people who just love what they do who are doing something that usually, unless you really make it, doesn't make you any money, earns you disrespect from a lot of people. And 
it's it's nice to watch people who have been through so much and who love what they do and get to do what they do and get recognized for what they do. The point is, start watching Drag Race. If you haven't seen it before, you can jump right into season 10. Episode one is out. This is not sponsored, although I'll gladly accept RuPaul's money. Um, also, I gladly accept a spot on the judges panel, which is my one true goal in the world, is to be a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. We can make this happen. Tweet at RuPaul. Let her know. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever else you get this show. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Go review us. We're almost at 1,000 reviews. And by almost, I mean like 200 away. So you can help get us there by leaving a great review. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Jess Hackle, and Maddie Sprunkheiser. Music by Hans Dale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye I fell asleep with this Invisalign in my mouth on the plane, and it gets stuck like this. Yeah. Like, uh, your upper lip gets stuck like, uh, you know. And I heard the, the drink cart coming by, and I just woke up, and I, by reflex, looked at her and went, oh, ginger ale! <laughs> and, like, stared her down until she gave me a ginger ale.